is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, recording on a Thursday, dropping on a five-star Friday. Speaking of five-star Friday, I got a goat. Man, you've been at it for way too long, man. 20-plus years in the business, and you've probably got more scoop than a Baskin-Robbins. My man, Greg Biggins. GB, what's up? Hey, what's up, Keith? How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's 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 a uh, it's a little bit of a gloomy day on a Thursday. Got a little sun peeking out, but uh, I think there's a lot of energy coming to the West Coast this weekend, Greg. Got some great events. I know you were at the Adidas, excuse me, the Under Armour All American Camp this past weekend, and I know you want to touch on that just a tad bit. But before you get to that, GB, let's talk recruiting. What do you got for us? Yeah, so a couple, a couple of commitments. Not, not too surprising, um, but nevertheless, still pretty big for those schools, respective schools. Ethan Garber's Corona Del Mar committed to Washington, and uh, I think that's going to help them with two other teammates, Mark Redmond, the tight end, who I think is already leading there, and then John Humphrey, uh, who I still think Stanford. You know, he's got a lot of Stanford ties. Both parents went there, older sister, All-American volleyball player. Uh, but Washington has done a great job. All three kids visited last year during the season, and, and we kind of knew Ethan was going to be going there. It was only kind of more of a matter of, of when he would commit, not if. But uh, what do you think about Garbers, Keith? You know, for me, it's interesting. I was kind of watching a little bit of the combine, and he kind of, you know, Garbers kind of reminds me a little bit of Jake Browning. You know, not a guy who's going to wow you with physical tools, but just real smart, heady, completes passes, catchable ball, makes good decisions, all, the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what is your breakdown on Garbers? Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I mean, you look at who Washington just took, talking about Dylan Morris, out of the state of Washington. Similar in that aspect, Garbers a guy who's a, a timing quarterback. I wouldn't call him a system guy. I think he's got a little bit more energy in the pocket than that. But I like him as a winner. Uh, he's a very cerebral guy, a guy who understands how to read the field. He can deliver the ball on time, on target, put the ball in playmaker's hands and let him go, GB. Hey, so just, you know, it's always fun talking draft. You, you and I are both kind of draft geeks. What do you think? I know we're kind of switching gears a little bit, but uh, I think people love talking ball, right? Kyler Murray, Absolutely. Keith. What, what do you think yep. about Kyler Murray? Uh, Bra- I, again, I, you know, he's being talked about as being the number one guy and if he is taking number one overall and he goes on and has a really good, you know, NFL career, I think Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be a dude for Cleveland. You know, that's going to really change recruiting rankings. He's not going for those 6'3", 6'4", guys. All of a sudden, now you can be 5'10", 5'11". It's not, it's not the exception to the rule anymore if back-to-back guys that are under six feet are right there end up going number one. But do you like Kyle Murray? In the same way, you know, maybe a Baker Mayfield, a Russell Wilson, a Drew Brees. Do you feel he has that kind of upside as an NFL guy? Would you take him number one overall if you had that if you had that draft pick and had a need for a quarterback? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Uh, 
great question. Number one, number two, I really, really like Kyler Murray. I didn't see much of him at high school, just clips. But when I saw him his freshman year at Texas a the talent was in, it was it was inevitable that he was going to be a big time player on the college level. His ability to throw the football down the football field, to escape and extend and run out the pocket and gain chunk yardage, explosive plays, really putting pressure on the defense. In two ways. I mean, that's where the game is now, Greg. You have to be able to put the pressure on defense with your arm mainly, but with your legs at times, and not just run for first down, but for chunk plays, explosive plays that continue, not only continue drives, but take the gas and the air out of a defense. Love Kyler Murray. And I've been on that train of a dual-threat quarterback. You know, most people know – my favorite player probably in high school football is Bryce Young. Uh, I, don't give a, I don't care if he's 5'11". The kid is dynamic. He can throw the pill. He can run the pill. He's a terrific leader. Kyler Murray cut out of the same cloth. Baker Mayfield, same thing. And I'm just sad that it's taken this long, Greg, uh, for those types of quarterbacks to get this type of recognition and consideration. Russell Wilson's one of at least, what, maybe top five quarterbacks in the league, top six maybe, um, $100 million guy there at Seattle. Kyler Murray... I think he will go number one overall, and I think he's going to be a culture changer uh, whatever franchise takes him number one overall. We know Arizona's trying to trade the pick and they're trying to trade Josh Rosen or whatever the case may be. Kyler Murray's a big-time dude. And if you're a dude, Greg, you're just a dude. I don't care what size you are, especially at the quarterback position. Now, I mean, if he was a 5'11 left offensive tackle, we'd be talking different. This is a guy who has the ball in his hands every play. He can run it and throw it with the best of them. Just put some pieces around him, give him some block, and let him do some work. I am fascinated to watch it. And, uh, I, you know, I know Bryce and, and Craig Young are definitely pulling for Kyler Murray. That's, that's more money in his pocket in three or four years from now, for sure. If Kyler goes out yep. there and balls, like, I think he will, too. You know, I don't think it's a case for, you know, looking at Bryce, I don't think it's an issue with, uh, with his height as much as his weight. You know, Kyler's jacked, and so is Baker. Um, Bryce is still really, really fan. Love to see him bulk up a little bit, but I think he's getting there. They're on a, a little little yeah. strength program right now. The key is the game. I think he mentioned like two pounds a week for a month and a half or something to get to like 190 by the season starts, and that'll be that'll be plenty. Um, hey, another commitment, uh, Keith. Uh, Tobin Phillips from San Joaquin Memorial in Fresno yes. committed to Stanford over UCLA. Older sister uh, just signed with UCLA to play water polo. Um, but Stanford was always the dream school, and I've always said it before. That's probably the hardest school to recruit head-to-head with is Stanford. Maybe even more so than a school like Alabama, because when it comes to Stanford, you're dealing with parents' dreams, not just the kids. Every parent wants their kid to go to Stanford. So uh, Tobin Phillips, a big D tackle uh, from San Joaquin Memorial, is going to Stanford. And then also uh, Blaze McKibben is walking on at Fresno State, preferred walk-on. And uh, so I'm curious to see if he's able to earn a scholarship down the line. They don't really have much of a quarterback room right now at Fresno State. They're really, they only have like two guys on scholarship right now. So uh, a pretty good situation for, for Blaze to get in there. I know uh, he's improved quite a bit. Danny Hernandez has been his longtime trainer and uh, sent out some film. He looks good. He looks big, strong, uh, and improved. So Tobin Phillips. Stanford and Blaze McKibben walking on at Fresno State, Keith. Love Tobin Phillips, big physical interior player, state finalist at San Joaquin Memorial, the teammate with Jalen McMillan, the five-star wide receiver over there. But 
Tobin Phillips going to Stanford, how can you argue that? How can you frown at that, Greg? I don't think anybody can. Stanford, a terrific place for athletics, even better place for academics, the blend of both worlds. It's a great choice and decision for the Phillips family, so congratulations to them. You talk about Blaze McKibben, Greg. You know, I had a chance to work with Blaze just kind of on evaluation and really breaking his game down to small nuances and pieces. And one thing that I found out with Blaze is if he can be put in a situation to where he has protection, he's coached up well on his reads and held accountable to discipline with those reads, he can make plays from the pocket. And I always say if he ever found a college program with an advanced level offensive coach and quarterback coach who was one and the same, he could turn in to be a very, very good college player and a pro professional football player at some point. Man, he probably hit the the jackpot, if you ask me, in terms of preferred walk-on at Fresno State. We know Jeff Tedford. Yeah, hey, listen, that's not to be argued. The Jeff Tedford um, lineage of quarterbacks, his ability to tutor quarterbacks and develop young quarterbacks is not to be argued. Blaze McKibben going in there with his chin down, ready to learn, ready to work. Don't be surprised, Greg Biggin. In three years, this kid being all whack quarterback in a draft pick in the NFL. Do not be surprised. Remember I said it. Keys are killing me with the whack reference. Mountain West, yeah. the whack is no more. The whack Steve is Young no played in the whack. Right. Mountain West, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Mountain the West. You know, Blaze's dad, Owen, I actually watched him play beach volleyball back in the day. Dude, this guy was a jumper and a banger. So he's got some athletic Is that where I remember him from? Owen, Owen McKibben. And you can actually yeah. go look on YouTube. Dude, he played in the days of, you know, uh, Sidgen Smith and Randy Stoklos. And if you're a beach volleyball guy like I am, you know, Hovland Dodd, those were some, that's when beach volleyball players were making major, major money. But uh, Owen McKibben was kind of a legend over in the Manhattan Beach area. The guy could jump and bang. So definitely some good genes. I'm rooting for Blaze. I like, I like Blaze a lot too. I would echo what you said. And Jeff Tedford is as good as it gets. Uh, just a couple more recruiting notes, Keith. Justin uh, Flo took a, a little track through the South, hit up six schools over a three-day period. And the two schools that I think kind of stood out the most for him were Georgia and Clemson. Uh, Clemson obviously doing a great job recruiting West Coast kids. I, I think Clemson is in a really good spot for quarterback DJ Wooey under the lay. Recently offered Elias Ricks and Justin Flo was, was really blown away out there. And, and the Georgia visit as well uh, said he met with Kirby Smart. And, and Kirby obviously has a great reputation for developing linebackers from his days at Alabama. Uh, kind of compared him a little bit to to Reuben Foster, which I can kind of see as well in terms of just the size and the aggressiveness and the anger that they both play with. So I know a lot of people think Justin is, is a lock to stay close to home and play for USC, but, you know, just talk, kind of talking to him uh, last night a little bit, I, I definitely think the door is cracked open. And it's, it's definitely, I, I feel like this year, more than any other year, Keith, I feel like schools, maybe it's a Penn State, Maybe it's a Clemson, maybe it's a Georgia, but they're smelling some blood in the water out here. I've, I've never seen more kids get offered by those schools than this 2020 cycle. Uh, I mean, there's 
a day where Penn State offered six guys from one high school. Um, Clemson is all over the place. LSU is all over the place. Texas A&M is all over the place. Oklahoma was already doing a great job out here, but now you're seeing a lot of the SEC schools. Uh, Auburn is all this week alone. I've had Auburn's offered 10 kids from just a Southern California region alone. So it's very interesting to me. Uh, I think right now word is out that West Coast football pays me to say a little bit down and kids are just getting developed a little, little, little bit better out there in the South. And I think those schools know that, uh, shoot, man, we got guys out here in our own backyard, but we can go steal a guy from out there that can come out and, and, and help us out. We're going to go do it. So I'm definitely starting to see that trend. And Justin Flo is definitely a guy who, if you look at him, he's kind of built like an SEC slash Clemson type of a linebacker. So that'll be interesting to follow, Keith. Um, wow, Greg. Wow. Just a little uh, quick, quick. Uh, go ahead and comment. Here. Comment. Yeah, no, it's just, that's just a big indictment on Southern California, West Coast football. And I'm not talking about something personal from you. I'm just talking about just in general, when you say, you know, guys are being better developed out there and he looks like a guy that's out there. And I know what you mean. Maybe our listeners don't. They, down in the South, they build football players, right? They eat it. They sleep it. They want it. They're ready to die for it. Justin Flo seems to be that type of guy but for Justin be to be considered the number one linebacker in the country and to be prepared to take the track across country to go to college away from Southern California it's just uh, it's an indictment on Southern California college football high school football and uh, if you ask me Greg it seems like this is not just a trend it seems as if we're headed this way for a really long time. The SEC and the ACC have taken over, as well as the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 is struggling to just keep relevance right now. Whew, that's tough. That's tough to hear, but uh, um, I think right now the facts are kind of are, are speaking that out. So we'll see if the, the trend can, can kind of be halted. I, I know Washington seems to be the one school – who is, I think people still view them as a school that you can go, especially if you're a defensive back, man, Jimmy Lake is phenomenal when it comes to developing guys. And, you know, they saw Byron Murphy at the combine. I thought he was the best DB in the drills. I think he's really, really good. Didn't run the fastest 40, but uh, I don't really care about that. I just stopped watching him in the drills. I thought he was exceptional. And, uh, David Long was really good too, a, a West Coast kid who went to Michigan to get developed. And hopefully he's a high round pick. I always like David Long quite a bit. Hey, if you want a quick notes here, Keith, Gary Bryant visited ASU, and uh, they are all over Gary. I think right now, I know some some people in the family uh, are still really high in USC, which you're still going to see that. You're still going to see a lot of people in Southern California who's maybe their mom, dad, uncle, sister, cousin. You know, they kind of grew up around USC football, so there's still going to be those players that will that will choose USC just because it is USC, but. Uh, ASU is doing a really good job with Gary Bryant. UCLA is trying to get in there, too. Uh, Roma Dunsey from Bishop Gorman uh, recently visited UCLA, and he's going to visit Washington and Tennessee next. I like Rome. Big, strong, physical receiver that can run. Uh, pretty impressed with him. John John Bond, Tate John Bosco told me he's got kind of a top three right now. LSU, Penn State, and UCLA. Obviously, with John John, it's not just about football. 
there was talk that he's going to be a high round baseball selection. He kind of surprised me. He told me Sunday at the UA camp that baseball is actually his first love, not football. So if he had to make a choice, uh, it would be baseball, although he would you know, love to go to college and play both. But if he is drafted high enough and given that opportunity and it's between going to, to college or playing professional baseball, I, I would not be surprised if Vaughn made that decision to go the baseball route because, uh, like I just said, uh, that is his, his favorite sport right now. Um, Jack Yeri, the tight end from Mura Valley, son of the yeah. great Ron Yeri. You know what? You know how old? I just did the research yesterday, Keith. You know how old Ron Yeri is? I do not. I, I want to say he's like 70 something. Someone's, wow. someone's getting after it. You got you to admire <laughs> someone like that. Not only does he have Jack, who was a high school senior to be, he's got two other kids that are younger than Jack. John Yeri. Ron, Ron Yeri. Ron Yeri. Ron Yeri. He's got some, uh, got some fertile sperm there, man. He just looks at somebody to get pregnant. There's no question. We're going in a weird direction. How about, so Jack Yeri, the football player, is a, is a good tight end. Um, you know, I like Jack. I don't know what you think about Jack, Keith. He's 6'6", mm-hmm. 250 right now. And it, it's kind of funny. I, I think I told you before, we got a guy who's really into analytics in the top 10 at the Ola, the combine this past week, the top 10 best testing marks from the offensive line in high school, those guys' average height and weight was 6'5 and 243 pounds. That was the average of the top 10 testing marks at the combine. That doesn't mean that's the top 10 guys that would get drafted the highest. That's, that's different. We're not saying these are the 10 best prospects, but just from the guys who tested the highest, it was interesting for me to see that the guys who tested the best, O-Lyman, we're all about the same size that Jack Yeri is. Um, right. So I'll be curious if, if Jack stays at tight end or if he follows in the footsteps of his famous father, Ron Yeri, who was the number one overall pick in the draft at a USC All-American. Uh, but Jack said USC, Washington, UCLA, ASU, and Cal are kind of his top five. And, and he doesn't want to hear about the O-line talk. He wants to be a tight end. And, and so all those schools right now are looking at him as a – tight end Bryce Young USC commit Keith Alabama and UCLA are both coming strong UCLA his story is pretty well documented they could have probably had Bryce a year ago if they would have moved a little bit quicker uh, they chose to wait a little bit uh, he went ahead and committed to USC he committed uh, at a time when you know I, I think there might have been a little bit more stability with the program and so I think other schools kind of see that you know Clay Helen's got to win right now so Alabama is all over Bryce Young Steve Sarkeesian is starting to develop a good relationship and uh, Sark was always him and Lane Kiffin were always great recruiters when they were out here at USC and, and UCLA is uh, is really making a big push now with Bryce Young so it'll be interesting to see USC's got to win some games and uh, oh, if they yeah. do I think Bryce sticks if they do not I think I would not be surprised if Bryce starts to entertain some of these uh, offers from other schools. So wow. yeah, that's about it. Don't want to don't want to dwell too much on recruiting. That's that's about it right there. We can move on and and talk. Yeah, that's um, that, that's upcoming Adidas. Yeah, you, you that was interesting though. You, you slipped that Bryce Young nugget in there. But let's <laughs> talk about it just for a second here. USC is on the verge of struggling this year. 
I don't, I don't see a 10-win season. Nowhere in sight, right? Uh, to me, if they win eight games, I'm surprised this year. If they win eight games. Um, so you're talking Bryce Young. If Clay Helton has problems, maybe he keeps his gig. Maybe he doesn't. Who Bama, Sarkeesian, coming to the West Coast, trying to steal the number one dual threat. Can you imagine Bryce Young playing for the road tie, com- competing with young Tagovailoa for that starting job in a couple of years? Playing with some of the best athletes in the country lined up outside of him? Man, that's an intriguing vision, Greg Biggins. Didn't think I'd ever have that vision, but now that the nugget has been dropped, sounds like Bryce Young might be sniffing around the chicken coop. We'll see what happens. Roll Tide. Yeah, I mean, Roll Tide. I don't know if Bryce is necessarily sniffing around just yet. I, I do think those schools are sniffing around Bryce, but I, I think Bryce, in his heart of hearts still, I think he wants to be at USC. He's already met a couple of times with, with Graham Harrell the new offensive coordinator, and I think they like that system for Bryce. You know, the air raid, get the ball out quick, quick decisions. Um, But like you said, man, USC has got to win some games, and we'll see. I mean, you you, you came in strong just now, say you don't see a 9 or 10 win season, but I I, honestly, I think they have to win that many. I mean, there was a a large section of the fan base who wanted Clay Helm out right now, Keith. They want him out now. So if they don't yeah. win the nine to ten games, man, they're not gonna they're not gonna want to wait around another year and then another. Year. It's just like you make the move. You always say it's always better to fire a coach a year early than a year too late. And that's sure. all. That's all sports. All sports. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait around for another wasted year. Uh, look at UCLA basketball with Steve Alford. So um, I think same thing with you with USC football. Hey, anyways, Keith, let's move Is on. It? You want to talk a little bit of Adidas, or yep. you want to just touch upon Under Armour real quick? Because um, we're always about trying to showcase players, and everyone yep. knows about yep. the guys that we've you know have already kind of been buzzed about. Um, you yeah. know, Drake Metcalf had another great event. LV uh, did really really well. Rajon Davies did a really really well. Court Williams was phenomenal. But two guys who I don't know if necessarily are, are household names. One of them is a kid, uh, Caleb McCullough. He's a, a linebacker, mm-hmm. Keith, out of Pacific yeah. High School in the Oxnard area. I like this kid a lot. Really good looking, long, athletic kid. Uh, runs well, plays in space, and I think the kid who kind of surprised a lot of people uh, was the receiver Joey Hobart, son of the great Billy Joe Hobart, going back to those Washington Husky days. Um, yep. So he's out of San Juan Hills, same high school as Sean Ryan, who was our top offensive lineman, but I think Joey was probably the most uncoverable uh, receiver, and uh, he really did well. Already has a couple offers, BYU, and I want to say San Jose State, but uh, talking to one of his coaches earlier in the week, and he said uh, since the event and some of the buzz he's supposed to get two or three on friday i'm not sure what's special about friday but he said that's what's going down and uh this kid was good keith and i think people are gonna look at this guy and tell lily it's a white receiver um no dude this guy can run and he was quick and he was explosive and i watched his tape and he's getting it done on both sides of the ball i think he was the player of the year in his league the cbu league last year so he's returning kicks uh he's picking the football off as a corner safety and he's getting deep as a receiver so joey hobert and uh, Caleb McCullough were kind of two guys that popped a little bit for me that I hadn't got a chance to see in person before. So I just kind of want to give those guys a little bit of love. 
Yeah, sure. Caleb McCollum, a kid I've been in contact with for a while. Um, really love him, Greg. You talked about his length, his athleticism. You watch his tape, man. He's an explosive hitter on contact. He plays with a physical bone right in front of his face mask. And the kid will put you on the ground and won't have two qualms about it. You talk about Howard. I was tipped off about him probably a year ago by Clark Phillips Sr., and apparently they had been in a workout or at a 7 on 7 tournament. They saw this kid and the kid was amazing. And so I just kind of been following him from afar um, over the last, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 months now. And uh, the same thing. The kid can get behind the defense. Nobody thinks he can run. You know, he comes shooting out of a cannon. He's got terrific hands and ball skills. His ability to track, concentrate, and finish. Um, on, at a high point or over the shoulder, left shoulder, right shoulder, make adjustments on the football. He's just a really, really natural ball catcher in terms of adjusting his body, adjusting his head, getting himself in position to make a play. And again, the kid is a very good athlete. So Holbert doing a nice job. I read a couple of the articles. Sounds like he, he did what he normally does is go out there and tear people up. And a shout out to McCullough. You also spoke a little bit about Maven Anderson um, on one of your articles, GB, that I read. Talk to me about the super sophomore. How'd he look for you? Super. I'll use your word. He, I mean, he was super. He was, uh, you know, a guy who, you know, I know, uh, I think, did we have him as a, not a sleeper of the week. I know you, we, you know, you went and saw Mission Viejo last he was, year. He was a one to watch last year. Was he freshman. a one to watch? You know, yeah. he's, he hasn't been doing a lot of football because he's, he's running track right now, which I love. Right. But, uh, right. man, he's got that extra juice. That's a little bit of extra where you see guys have good speed. And you see, see guys that have, like, real good speed. And mm. he's got that ability. He's not a straight-line guy. I'm not a fan of straight-line guys, especially at receiver. He's got that ability to run a little skinny post and then get about three yards of separation right when he cuts. Yep. I mean, he just has that little bit of extra. And I loved him. You know, caught the ball really well, and I mean, he was, uh, I think he made our top five overall performers, which wasn't bad, you know, how he hasn't really been doing a lot of football this offseason, so, no, I was impressed. I'm, I'm hoping that Maven has a, a breakout junior season. He, he made some plays last year, as we saw, kind of came on more the latter half of the season, but with Achille Arnold gone, I think Maven could be their game-breaker this year. Oh, you can you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be a breakout year. He was at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Showcase last year in Southern California as a freshman. Greg, electronic time, four four nine. He blew me away with his speed. And like you said, once he sticks his foot in the ground, he's got a acceleration button, kind of like when you play Madden and you push that A button to accelerate around the corner. He's got a button that he pushes when he sticks that foot into the ground and drops that knee and hip. And, man, he gets separation in a hurry. He's got terrific ball skills to pull it in and finish. Maven Anderson will be big time. I'm predicting an all-state type year for Anderson. He's going to be special, Greg, at six feet and about 185 pounds. Uh, he's, a, he's a Percy Harvin type, just explosive but, but thick and strong. And uh, he's a terrific football player. And he's going to blow up real quick uh, kind of as we get closer to the season here. Watch what I tell you. Yeah. Hey, speaking of young pups, Keith, because, again, it's always fun to talk about those guys, but uh, you know who else was really impressive was Domani Jackson, who's just a freshman. And oh. when you look at the kid, I feel, like, I feel like we've been talking about this kid for a lot already, so it's kind of hard to believe that the guy's a 2022 20, kid. But yeah. um, 
so mature in how he plays the game already. He's got already has, you know, a borderline college frame. He's probably one of the fastest defensive backs. Um, if they did a fast man competition, it might have been him and Maven in the final of that. The guy is legit, 4-5 guy right now with three more years to go to develop. You know, he kind of told me, interesting, his dream school is Michigan. It hasn't been hearing from them yet. I think that's going to change pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, Damani Jackson, like, like Maven, who's a, a sophomore, but Damani just a freshman, I think, uh, I think he's going to be really, really good in a couple of years, if not shoot sooner than that. I think he's already pretty good. But he had a great camp and was probably one of the top three or four cover corners at that event. No question about it, Greg. Saw him live against Orange Lutheran last year, last year and uh, Logan Lawyer was eating a little bit. They put Damani Jackson on him, and it was over. I mean, it was over. So I know just how good the kid is, how good he will be. He's a special talent at that size. Shoot. Be less. That's saying no, something, no man, because no one covers Logan Lawyer very well. So yeah, that's 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 quite yeah. a quite an accomplishment to lock that kid up. No doubt about it. Let's talk Adidas. Adidas Invitational, 717. The phenomenon we like to call 7v7. El Camino College this Sunday, Greg Biggins. Talk about it. What you got? Yeah, so I got the schedule right in front of me. 16, 16 teams, four brackets of four. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on the Pylon champions, FSP, uh, who have their whole squad back plus Aiden Hector, who did not play in Vegas, um, plus a guy named Jalen McMillan, who decided to <laughs> jump over to FSP. So they had him to G. Scott and Johnny Wilson. You know, it's funny, Keith, I've seen about three or four kids. I got the rosters here. And there's about three or four kids on multiple rosters. So there's going to be some wow people on Sunday. Uh, Johnny wow. Wilson is still on, that, he's still on the Proway roster. And uh, I think I saw Logan Loy's name on a couple of different rosters. I think he's going to be playing for ground zero this weekend, who lost a heartbreaker to FSP in Vegas. But I saw him on a couple of different rosters. Um, so that, that's always the funniest part about, you know, seven on seven is just, uh, you know, obviously no one takes this more seriously than, than those coaches. You know, for me, I go to watch the players. I don't even care who wins. I, I don't stay for the championship <laughs> game. It doesn't really matter to no, me at all. It? But, but right. those coaches, man, it's their Super Bowl. So uh, you can bet there's going to be a, a lot of high-intensity games going on, a lot of good teams. It's, it's predominantly a West Coast event. There's a couple, uh, you know, Northwest teams. I already mentioned FSP. You have Team Lillard. But they also have Fast Houston, who's coming out for the second year in a row. Uh, last year, um, this is just a Western regional. Last year, people came out, and it was a national event. So you had like three or four teams from Florida. You had the Hawaii teams that were out here. Uh, this year, more West Coast. Uh, you have 702 Elite. They'll be anchored by Darnell Washington, Micah Bowens. There's a couple really good Arizona teams. Uh, Bijan Robinson would be playing for that team. Uh, Jacoby Covington, who I also, I don't think I mentioned him, but he was phenomenal at the UA event. He kind of plays alongside and in the shadows of Kitty Ringo, but Covington, Keith, he can, he can play as well. So I think that Arizona team will be pretty stacked. Uh, our buddy Nate Kenyon will have his team, KT Prep. I think they've made it all the way either to the quarters or the semifinals of the pylon event. So Nate does yeah, a final great eight. job coaching those guys yeah. up oh, Yep, at KT Prep. So, And then, uh, then our guy, Dream Team, Steve Clarkson, has a team that's about 70% eighth graders. But he called to tell me this week, Keith, that these aren't just normal eighth graders. He said these guys are exceptional 
He's all, you got to come out and watch these guys. They are going to be killing it. I'm like, man, are you sure they're ready for this type of deal? I mean, you've got, you got some of the best of the best out there. These are eighth graders. I mean, they haven't gone to high school yet. He goes, trust me. He goes, these guys will more than take care of themselves. They, will, they can go. So um, FSP, 702 Elite, Dream Team, which is the Clarkson team. Premium's going to be out there. Bryce Young doesn't play a lot of 707 now. He's kind of rested himself, which he should, but he's coming out because this is a big event. Uh, he'll be playing uh, with the Premium team. Um, they'll have Chris Hudson. They'll have John Humphreys, CDM. They'll have Mark Redman. They'll have a couple other players. Um, I already mentioned, you know, Ground Zero. They're pretty loaded. Aaron East has been killing it. Chad Johnson doing really well. If you add Logan Lawyer to that, they got LV Bunkley. Uh, that should be a really good team. Darion Greenmore. They got Domani Jackson, we already mentioned. There's even talk that a guy by the name of Elias Ricks might come out of retirement and play in this event, Keith. So, should yeah. be good. Should be fun. Um, I'll be there for part of it. Uh, I'll try to get there uh, just to see some players and, and watch it. Like I said, I don't see myself staying for the whole deal. But uh, I think you were there last year, right? Or did you come for the national one? Or- no, no. I didn't attend the Adidas deal last year. But uh, I know it's in- it's unbelievable how, how much invested Adidas is with the event. I mean, the right. kids, uh, it's a great show for them and, and obviously great branding for Adidas. So from that standpoint, you know, it's definitely uh, – a big time event. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, it, you know, Adidas puts together really nice events. They go above and beyond the call of duty uh, to put together events for the kids. The guys are getting their haircuts. Guys are taking pictures with Snoop Dogg. They're dancing with Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, they're picking up cleats like they're ice cream cones. Um, and that's great for the kids who enjoy that. And it's great for Adidas you're kind of doing their promotional thing so sounds like it's going to be a great event hopefully all the kids have a great time hopefully they all come out of there healthy uh hopefully safety is the first thing on everybody's mind uh because that would be if i was a parent that's what would be on my mind but um if you ask me greg i like fsp um it's hard to bet against bryce young uh, but the fact that he hasn't kind of been playing with this group and he's just kind of really jumping in for this tournament it's a little concerning for me. Is, is their rhythm? Is their timing? That's a little tough. I went to visit that FSP team in Washington, sat and watched them practice. They don't mess around, Greg. They have real practice. And uh, Sam Hewitt is a special – yep, a little practice. Sam Hewitt <laughs> is a special quarterback from the pocket. You better you know, write it down right now. This kid can deliver the field all over the field with tremendous accuracy. Dree Scott – is a big-time playmaker on the outside. You got Johnny Wilson with his 6'6", 220-pound frame, who can go up top, who can catch a short and go. Then you got Jalen McMillan, who's about as smooth as a 10-speed going up a go, excuse me, going down a hill. I mean, you talk about a guy who can get deep in a hurry. McMillan's got terrific hands. He's got high-level speed, and uh, he can compete for the football at about 11 feet in the air. I watched it for myself this past weekend in Northern California. So, um... That's a loaded team. I mean, you know, Sam That's Adams. A good team. Is a bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, you kidding me? Sam DJ Adams. Rogers. Uh, DJ yeah, Rogers. Uh, Keely Ringo on the outside. Aiden Hector oh. on the outside on defense on the other side. You know, uh, JT Tui Malo is probably going to be coming down with them as well, playing some backer along with, yep. you know, you know, West Coast top player or, or top two or whatever, you know, people have him ranked now. Savelle Smalls, who I think is super special. Uh, He'll be there, and he was a force 
it, by all uh, accounts in Vegas at Pylon 7-on-7. Savelle Small manned the middle, ran with tight ends, covered up running backs, stepped in front of passes, and dominated the middle of the field um, as a true outside linebacker but playing as an inside linebacker, which don't, do not shy away from Savelle Smalls. That could be your ultimate position, kind of like a Micah Parsons um, did out in Pennsylvania playing for Penn State now. Savelle Smalls in the middle. I mean, they just have a loaded squad, a loaded squad. I like FSP to take it all. Um, Ground Zero, they got some players, of course. Premium's got some players, of course. Proway's got some players, of course. There are going to be some mad people, Greg. <laughs> too many guys on too many teams, guys going back and forth. The shenanigans of 7-on-7 seven seven never cease to amaze me. But hopefully, again, everybody has fun and they stay safe. Yeah, and just so people know, I said there was a little bit of a, I don't, it wasn't a debate, there was just some jawjacking on the, uh, one of the Facebook message boards about, hey, where's the, you know, where's Juice County? You know what, they made it the final, this is just strictly Adidas teams, so um, I, don't, I don't think they pretended to, to call it, this is the, you know, the best of the best for all the different teams. I think this is kind of a, a way to showcase, you know, their product, which is these are all Adidas teams, and uh, so that, that's who they want to kind of showcase here, so would be kind of fun to see some of those youngsters who survived high school. Little Noah Fita and that that team. I don't know if you saw more I, after we did our podcast, Keith. I actually watched the game and a little bit of controversy at the end of that pylon event. Uh, overtime rule: you get one play, many yards as you can. They throw a thirty-five yard ball. The guys go to celebrate it, and the ref throws a unsportsmanlike penalty, fifteen yards taken off that end of that pass. For running on the field to celebrate in overtime of a championship game, I'm thinking to myself, come on, referee, hold your flag. Next play, FSP completes that 21-yard pass, win the game by a yard. I digress. Yeah. I agree with you. Oh. I think FSP will be very tough to beat. Not just because they're the best players, but like you said, man, they actually coach and practice this stuff like it was an actual real game. Yep. Tracy Ford and that group does a really good job. So we shall see, Keith. No, we, we shall, shall see. see, Greg. That it should be a lot of fun. Uh, but speaking about that Juice County team, did get a call from uh, Coach Fafita. Those Juice County boys will be coming to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy Showcase here in Southern California this Sunday. I'm excited to see those boys and get them in action. And uh, showcase is going down. It's an 8 a.m. check-in and uh, award ceremony at 3 o'clock. Somebody's going to get to the World Bowl, GB. Somebody's going to get to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. And it, we're excited. Right now, we're at about a 200, uh, man, 175 register. We feel like there's probably going to be 50 or so walk-ups. So you're looking at probably around 225 kids for the showcase. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Northern California Showcase was on fire. And um, they have demanded that it comes back. And people have demanded now all over the country. They have some folks from Hawaii there. They said they wanted, they got to have this in Hawaii. We got to get the showcase in Hawaii. We're working on that as well. But nevertheless, Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy showcase going on this Sunday. Got to turn it all the way up for the boys and get them going, GB. Nice little 11 on 11. You'd like it. You gotta find some time I, I would honestly, dude. Day. I thought it was on Saturday. I thought I was actually gonna try to come by. I, I didn't, dude. I didn't know it was on Sunday until two seconds ago. I thought it was a Saturday. Yeah, event. yeah. No, it's it is on Sunday. We put it on oh, Sunday okay. for a reason. We knew Adidas was having theirs on Sunday as well, and we wanted to make sure that 
we found our type of guys who wanted to be at our showcase um, and wanted to be involved with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and what we do. So uh, strategically put on that day, and we're excited about the guys who are attending. Just some couple names that are going to be there. Talking about uh, Drake Metcalf, the big offensive lineman. St. John Bosco, who's been dominating, right, the offseason. He's been dominating. an absolute stud, a kid I'm, I'm really high on, absolutely. You're talking about Ernest Green, the 2022 left tackle at 6'5", 295 at St. John Bosco, a special prospect, could be on his way to a spectacular football career. He's also scheduled to attend. We're excited about that. So it's just a couple guys. Uh, up front, Corey Foreman on the other side of the ball, the elite 2021 defensive end out of Corona Centennial, set to a 10, coming out, matching up versus some really good offensive linemen. So you're going to see some battles in the trenches. Uh, this thing is going to be really, really good. Quarterback Patrick Roberg, set to a 10, fresh off his decommitment from Louisville, come out there and see what he's got. He's going to throw the pill around, Noah Fafita. The young but talented gunslinger out of Servite High School, set to attend. We're excited to get him on the field and take him through Come some on, Noah. Put him in some, oh, put him in a tough environment, put him in some, some conflict, and see if he can think himself through and work his group through it. It's going to be fun, Greg. Our 11-on-11 experience is it's like something that people haven't seen at showcases before, and uh the Northern California people, they absolutely loved it. We had a great time. I've never seen kids have so much fun on a football field and T-shirt and shorts. And we plan on the, not just replicate it this weekend here in SoCal, but turn it up another notch and uh, see where we can take it. No, I saw some of the clips. It reminded me of the old USC Pete Carroll camp. They used to go 11 on 11, and people used to flip out going, what is he doing? People are going to get killed. But you know what? no one ever did. I never saw anyone get hurt at one of those uh, – one of his camps, but, man, they were going full, lineman on lineman, giving to a running back, just seeing bodies flying over the place. It was beautiful. Yeah, Greg, it's funny you say that. I used to coach those camps. It's where I learned how to be a coach. And I've taken that philosophy and that energy that Pete shared with me and I've put it into my coaching when I was a coach and now into directing showcases for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. You are exactly right, Greg. Um, exactly. You, are, you hit the nail on the head. It is from the Pete Carroll branch, and uh, the energy and the competition will be electric. You can best believe it. And it's a great way for kids to learn how to play the game of football safe, Greg, when you take equipment off and force them to play the right way. Because when equipment is on, then they kind of lean on the equipment to save them. And this way, the equipment doesn't save them, and they learn to play the game the right way. So when equipment is on, they're, still, they're staying safe, but they're still playing hard, being very physical. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Time to bring this baby to a close. Time to wrap things up. But before we do, we have to remind everybody on this show, there's always a sleeper of the week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our sleeper of the week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. 
So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, and we're back. We appreciate everybody for joining us here on the Transparent Stroke. My man, Greg Vegas, your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.